Trent McClellan, and you're listening to my podcast called The Generators. Every single week, I have a cool guest, and we talk about uh, life, professions, creativity, success, failure, and all sorts of other cool stuff. In every single one of these conversations, I learned a great deal, and I'm pretty sure you're going to learn a great deal, too. So uh, hang on tight, and thanks for listening to The Generators. Good day, and welcome back to The Generators with Mr. Trent McClellan, this guy right here, the, guy, the guy's voice you're hearing. Um, been away for a while, and I uh, was trying to settle in here to uh, the, the old the old day job, uh, 22 minutes. So uh, got back here on, what, September 2nd, I guess it was, and uh, we hit the ground running. We had a short meeting, and then it was like, bam, table reads. And just full into it, straight on, head on. And uh, I haven't really had time to breathe, to be quite honest, to get my head up out of that. So uh, that's why we had a little, uh, I had a few weeks hiatus here on the old podcast, but it's back, okay? I didn't abandon you. You know, I wouldn't do that to you again. <laughs> um, we, uh, I got some episodes here already in the can, got more coming up. It's all good. It's all good. I'm back, okay? I know you're probably upset. You're like, man, what? What did, you, what did you just go away for a while? It's like, yeah, I needed a bit of a vacation. All right, I got other stuff going on. Okay, it's called balance because there's balance in life from time to time. Um, I'm recording this on um, this intro anyway on uh, September 18th, 2018, which ironically is the same night that uh, our first episode of the season premieres on uh, CBC. And now we have an app as well where we do dailies. So uh, we shoot a bunch of sketches every day now, and uh, they go up on the old uh, CBC app. So you can see stuff right away, right out the gate, you know. So we're putting a ton of content out there, and I hope you're going to check it out. And, of course, check us out on um, on Tuesday nights at 8.30 on CBC. Um, and uh, we would love that. we got some funny stuff coming, and uh, I think you folks are really going to enjoy it. It's uh been a bit of a new system for us, but we're getting the hang of it, and um, yeah, having a ton of fun doing it. But man, like, it does take you a week or two to kind of get into um, back in the flow, and because we are doing a bit of a new setup this year and putting stuff out a little bit quicker, um, you're tired at the end of the day, man. Like, it's, uh, I come back to the condo now, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, you know, like, you know, when you saw sitcoms back in the 80s, and the dad came home from work. You know, and he just wanted a cold beer and sit in front of the TV. That's what I feel like, you know, and uh, I get it now. I understand. I understand Archie Bunker. Not all of it. I don't understand all of his Archie Bunker. I mean, a lot of stuff that I thought he said were kind of very backwards thoughts. I don't agree with that part. But the but the fatigue from a day at work, I mean, that, that part I do, I do comprehend. And I understand that I'm not digging ditches. I get it. I'm putting on wigs. I'm learning lines. I'm up there pretending to be things. I get it. It's not, I, you know, I'm not a construction worker, you know, just hanging 70 stories above downtown core while I'm, you know, trying to mess with rebar. I get it. I get it. But still, it takes focus. It takes effort, okay? I'm not looking for your sympathy. I'm just trying to explain what my life is like. Um, so I had that going on, so I was focused on that for the last little while, and, uh, also had some great shows at the old Last Laugh Comedy Club in Halifax, which is a brand new pop-up club at the Atlantica Hotel. And the uh, fine ladies who produced the Halifax Comedy Festival, Kim and Christina, 
they produced those shows as well. And uh, man, what a great time we had! We had a bunch of the writers from Twenty Two on there, and uh, and then myself on the Friday night, and then on the second night we had um, Lachlan Patterson, my old buddy, was on the show. Another great comic from LA was on the show, and uh, Sophie Buttle as well. And we had, oh man, two sold out. Great, energetic, sharp audiences, and uh, that room's got a lot of potential, man. It is a great little setup. It's almost it's almost built like a comedy club. It's a fantastic room. So thanks to everyone who came out to the show. A bunch of folks from Corner Brook, my hometown, um, made an appearance, and that, that meant the world to me. And a lot of um, a lot of folks, a lot of fans, and people drove from distances. Um, surreal. So I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for that. So I had a great weekend, and it was great to get back on stage again after a few weeks off. So um, I had a great time. All right, enough with the updating. Let's get into this episode. Uh, on this week's episode, we have uh, my longtime friend and very, very funny comedian, Erica Sigurdsson. Uh, Erica's a comic out of Vancouver that I've known for quite some time. And from the, one of the first times I ever saw her perform a set, I was like, oh, she's just so clever and smart. And, uh, and her comedy is the kind of comedy that you kind of look at your own act then and go, uh, do I uh, make people uh, think the same way and perhaps I should reevaluate uh, the manner in which I am producing uh, material? Uh, very, very smart girl, very, very talented. She's been on The Debaters a number of times on CBC Radio and um, also done all the major comedy festivals and uh, is an absolute killer on stage. So we've known each other a long time and, and we get into a bunch of things, man. We get into... Uh, talking about the the finances of stand-up comedy no one ever talks about that you know about the business side of it and and how you navigate that especially when you're starting out i mean there's little to no money when you start out not that you should ever start something for the money because i don't think any comic does but um trying to get some uh, some wisdom around that i think is important especially the earlier you do it the better and uh we get into that right at the gate here and we start reminiscing about uh how you used to be able to rent cars at the Blackfoot Hotel, uh, where we were sitting at the time in the comedy club. There, we talked about yeah the old uh, the old rental car days out of that place. Um, Erica's got a uh, her first one hour special is coming out, and it's her first solo album. It's called Situational Feminist, and it's available on CD Baby. So you should go check that out. It's on CD Baby. Go check it out. Support some good incredible Canadian talent and uh, go out and get that and then show your support for her and you'll, uh, you'll laugh your ass off. It's, it's, she's a funny, funny lady. Um, anyway, this is my fantastic conversation that I had a few weeks back uh, with my good friend, uh, Erica. I do a proper open later, so okay. I remember when the car rental place used to be here in the hotel. Do you remember that? Yes. And I remember, like, when I first started, it was like, uh, <clears throat> so you're going to rent a car for me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you'll pay for it. We'll take it out of your check, but it'll be for and you. you have to take the full insurance. Yes. And then you drive from here to God knows where, Saskatchewan or wherever, yeah. and there were no winter tires on the vehicle, so you're just like, for the love of God, do not go off the road. But I remember having to get stuff back here to Blackfoot for a certain time, so leaving at ungodly hours because yeah. we have to get up at like 4 a.m. from wherever to get the car back at noon yeah, or, yeah. or you're charging an extra day, especially when you're opening. Like you had no money, and it was like, I can't afford an extra day. Like I'm only making $200 on this yeah. entire gig. So. But then the, the first time like I actually f- – the penny dropped, and I was like, 
like I maybe it was I didn't have a credit card when I was 25 but I was like I could just rent this car and like when I found out about insurance for cars on my credit card I was like what have I been doing it was $25 a day for the insurance like brutal it was mental and then you had a few drinks the night before and then you're like okay let me do the math on what I'm making on this gig and what I'm taking home. Like, Pretty much of a three-week tour, I think you really only make whatever you made in the last week, and yeah. all the rest of it is just to stay alive. That's pretty much true. That's a good math equation. But I know comedians, especially new comedians, and I was the same way. I don't know if you were, but like when you first start, you feel you have to say yes to every single gig because yeah. it's like, well, I don't want to be difficult. And it's like, yeah, but did you do the math on that? Because you're not Oh, yeah, make... don't ever ask people to do the math they get no. really upset well, but but what about well exposure and this stuff yeah oh yeah it's a lot of exposure i remember when gas first started going up like crazy in like 2006 or 7 and i asked if the travel was increased and i was told well no because we're not going to increase the travel because we've got a lot of long-term clients and we don't want to and i was like yeah but they're costs for having coke delivered to their bar are going up like that's inflation and then i emailed and i was like i don't understand this is the only business where the inflation (laughs) is passed on to the product and not the consumer and i got a very terse i am very surprised to hear this from you and i was like what (laughs) to do the math this just makes sense (laughs) yeah but i learned very early if you're not going to do the gig don't you don't have to explain the math just no, Don't thank you. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm, I, it doesn't work for me. I can't yeah. make it happen. Your reasoning is irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they do don't it. care. Like, they're going to mm, keep doing yeah. it. And so. literally someone is chopping at the bit to do it. Yeah. So that's the way it works. Um, for those of you listening around the world and up in the Space Force environment, um, we're at the Laugh Shop here in Calgary, and you headlined here. You're headlining all weekend. Headlined sure last am. night. I cut the first part of your set. They were loving you when I left. How was the rest of the set? How did it go? Uh, they were really great. The oddest thing that happened was a woman kept, I don't want to say heckle, because she said, she yelled at the stage, you're adorable, <laughs> about... 15 times like they had to go talk to her her husband was like what is happening and she I would say and then I was like first I was like oh thank you and then she just oh you're so adorable and I was like could we (laughs) like and it's weird because it wasn't threatening at all and I was certainly flat like but I'm like can I move on now like I was like is this my me too incident (laughs) is like it's just a woman calling me adorable (laughs) Ah, God, how do yeah? How do you frame that in a way? Like, I understand exactly what you're talking about, but to someone listening at home, they're like, "What do you don't like affirmation? You don't like yeah. love? You don't like?" It's like, <laughs> no, but once or twice I get, but then your rhythm and your timing and all that stuff's thrown off, yeah. and then you start wondering, "Is she okay?" Who yells that out numerous times? Like your mind goes, to "Yeah." And did that adorableness translate to her buying any merch? No. <laughs> I wasn't cute enough to buy merch off of. Apparently, you're just going to walk away, take this all in for free, and not even buy yeah, that's a, a, a CD that I said, pay what you want. So yeah, That's adorable. Know. That's adorable pricing, right? Yeah. So that person cute. wouldn't even make eye contact on the way out. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she was so adorable. Isn't that the weirdest thing? No, like, I remember when I first had merch, 
I think, yeah, I had T-shirts. I remember, like, doing the math in a room. Like, you'd walk in. It was sold out, 300 seats. And like, you had a good set. Rich. And you're like, this is, like, I might be able to quit comedy after tonight. Yeah. And then you'd sell two shirts. And another night, you'd play to a crowd of, like, 23 people. And everybody. And everybody's buying multiple shirts. Like, yeah, yeah give me three. I got a bunch of buddies. We're going to go yeah, do a yeah. stag. And I'm like... So there's no rhyme or reason to merch sales at all. No. Like, and what I've realized, too, because I was the worst at it. Like, I would be like, and I have these things for, I mean, you guys probably don't. I mean, you know, we all own too many things. I wouldn't even buy this. <laughs> In fact, if I'll pay you $5 if you take one. Please take this. Like, I was the worst because yeah. I always felt like people were, like, they'd try to avoid me on the way. And the thing is, is like. I love the idea of merch. I love, like, my little change purses that I came up with to sell. Like, I love the idea. The execution, I wasn't great at. And then, like, going to, like, farmer's markets and seeing people that sell their jewelry. And it's like, you you have to be okay with. And I am. I don't. But you have to let them know it's okay. Yeah. So I also give away magnets. So I'm like, I go, come over. You don't have to avoid me. I go, seriously, a compliment means more to me than you buying you know, There's your problem. A ten dollar thing, adorable, and then they see, and then they leave. You bring that but now I just got the square tap reader, that nice. that really takes things to another level because yeah. people are like, ooh, they start like mm. touching their pockets, and I'm like, I take tap, and then they have nothing. To, they're like, oh, I will buy everything you have. Yeah, um, isn't it weird though? Because I felt the same way when I first had merch. It was like I couldn't make eye contact with people. I felt dirty. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I think it's probably ultimately a fear of rejection, but I'm like, I just did one of the hardest things in the world there is to do. Yeah. And now because I have a t-shirt that I'm pretty damn proud of actually, and mm-hmm. think it's pretty clever with, I, with all the confidence in the world, I march it down to the room and I set up my stuff and I'm like that. What happens between me setting that up, doing the show, it going well, and then walking back to that merch table? I don't know where the it's confidence every, and self-esteem goes. It falls down to the bottom <laughs> of your feet. It's but I, you know, and that's the thing is I say goodbye to people, even that like, if, cause honestly, cause it's also like, mm-hmm. I'm now at a point, like I don't need that money. Right. Like if you buy that, I'm not paying off a credit card or paying rent with it. I'm like, I'm just probably going to go buy a pair of shoes, like, or invested. I mean, I'm I probably going to RSP into the investments into right away. Shoe business TFSA, that that's where it's at. RSPs, that's yesterday's news. That's trend. so yeah, that's true. TFSAs, um, guys, that's what we're really here to talk about. Yeah, financial oh, security. My whole like now, my <laughs> advice to all the young comics: it, everything is finance based. I'm like, you got to oh. stay ahead of your taxes. Let me talk to you about oh, this. Oh my god! Like getting people well, to sign up for Sound Exchange. I'm like. First, you need to do this, and then you need to do this. You should do a course. Like, I'm telling you, you could make a few bucks if you're like, look, Erica Sigurdsson's financial guide to stand-up comedy. Like, And, like, it would save people a lot of trouble because I I think everyone at some point goes into that. Oh, did you really? Well, I didn't charge for it, which was my mistake. Um, And a lot of people who hadn't started making – but it was was about the business of comedy. I was like, this isn't going to be about how do you handle hecklers or how – no. It's not about – you go get good at it. Once you start making money, this is, and I tell like, you know, all the comics, I'm like, you need to get used to like put away your taxes. And I'm like, open a separate account and put 20%. And they're like, I can't, I go, here's the thing. You can take the money if you need it. You can take it back out. You're not burning it. I'm like, but get into that habit. And one day you'll be able to leave $10 in that account. And then you'll be able to leave $50. And before you know it, I go, because you have to have (laughs) enough money to walk away from a gig that goes sideways. I, and when Jay and I started doing that, we called it our fuck you account. Yeah. Because 
<laughs> and once we started actually putting 20% away, we c- I couldn't believe how quickly, especially if you do it over corporate season. Oh, yeah. This account was growing. And it's like, so you're in a situation where things go sideways. Somebody's treating you go- like, or whatever, gig gets canceled that you're not going to throw your life into yeah. peril. Well, so that's a there really you go, kids. There you go. Write that down. Because that's so important because, I mean, you and I have talked about this before in the past. But, like, that business side um, that was always one of the goals for me was like, okay, if I can get to a point where I can leave my day job and then, okay, be a comedian, that's great. But like, what does the future look like? Yeah. Like, will I, if I get sick, like what happens? And I think you see so many comedians who like either have the day job or, you know, like you're right. If a gig gets canceled, it's like, oh my God, I, I have no into, rent. I have yeah. no groceries. It's like living with that stress every single day, I mean, that will put you in the grave. Like, oh, it for really sure. will, you know? And, like, and I've, t- especially now, quitting your day job, if that's a goal, that's great. But it doesn't, it's not indicative of how good of a comic you are. No. You know what I mean? Like, we know plenty of people, they are doing festivals, they're, they have a good, like, you can write from a good, you don't have to be starving and broke to write good jokes. No. You know what I mean? No. Like, so, because that was a big thing when I started if you had a day job, it was, oh, so. You were lesser than, you were less like, than, yeah. and, and even people in the audience, I find they ask less now. Is this your only job? <laughs> and I don't know why if, <laughs> like, and I'm like, why does that matter to you? I should just carry around a copy of my T4, or yeah. not my T4, your, my notice of assessment. Yeah, yeah. And it is my only job, and I'm doing fine. You so. should open with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, guys, just want you to know, this is my only occupation. Yeah. This That's is how well I'm doing. all I do. <laughs> But it's so funny, you're right. No Maybe one buy more merch. <laughs> you're right. Like she's legit, Susan. I told you, she really does. <laughs> this is all she does. She no, she just said it. Because uh, no one else asks that in any occupation. Like I've never yeah. gone to You're like another store. Is like, that all you do? Excuse me. Do you do? Is this all you do? Do you have a side thing? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I have wondered that before. Like I see people like working in a place, and I'm like, is this? Especially in Vancouver, because you're like, how is anyone paying rent? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like like a full-grown adult working at a job that and I'm like how's this happening? Like yeah. I do I am curious. I want to be like is no, this like, your how many jobs you and me, you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. But what I found too interesting like when you're talking about you know new comics and finances and money like I think about this with my regards to myself is what I am willing to spend $20 on and what I think spending $20 on is outrageous. Like I realized for me early in the game, like, oh, you can't go to an open mic and get drunk every night. And because if you want to be a full, (laughs) (laughs) we'll let that part out. That was a total fallacy. (laughs) But uh, but you know what I mean? Where I had to start going, okay, it's either rent at the end of the month and picking my spots. Yeah. Or it's like, woohoo, party every night like it's New Year's Eve. Yeah. And that trap's easy to fall into as a comic with like a few free drink tickets and everyone else is having a few drinks. So you're like, you know, and it's, it's nothing to blow 50 bucks no. like at a pub or a bar and do that three or four times over a week. And yeah. it's like, you just, that's a rent, you know, or a mortgage payment for somebody or a car payment. And so I think trying to learn discipline, like to go, okay, like a good a comic I haven't seen in a long time is in town. Yeah. I'm going to go out that night and have a few. But it right. couldn't be, oh, this is five nights a week. Like yeah, that's a yeah. thing I had to learn for myself. But I think we also naturally grow out of that because we're not in the hate. You know what I mean? Like those years where you're probably maybe five years in, you're just starting to all your friends like and yeah. like most of my friends are still comics, but we don't see each other often because no. we're not on the same shows. So like when I show up to an open mic now, like these are <coughs> These are people like living. I'm like, oh, these are your urban well days, or right. these are your, 
because um, you've like nobody wants to i'm not going to show up five nights a week and they're like what, what? why is she <laughs> what's she doing <laughs> who's drinking tonight everybody yeah like who's the girl who's the lady yeah <laughs> who's the lady <laughs> whose mom is here um, that's right yeah it's true though you have to learn like i think I don't know. I think ultimately you end up being happier if you can kind of minimize the stress in your life. And for a lot of comics, a lot of that stress is financial. Yeah. Because that tax bill is coming and rent comes every month. And so it is, I think, the quicker you can learn that discipline of whether it's 20%, 10%, 15%, whatever it is, talking it away, life gets a little easier. And you're right. You're not a slave to, oh, God, I got to go drive nine yeah. hours in that blizzard to that horrible gig I know is going to be yeah. horrible. And saying no to those gigs it will actually cost you more money. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a hard thing to kind of learn is to start saying no to gigs that were not enough money. And right. it's like, because it seems ridiculous if you go to up to talk to somebody at Starbucks and you're like, oh, yeah, I passed on this gig. It, they wanted me to do this thing for like $1,000. And they're like, what you said why how long did you have to do it was like 45 minutes so you but it's like ultimately if you're trying to set a price for corporates or something and to say no to it does seem silly but you're because it's an extra thousand dollars but it's like well now you've just put that energy out here so like i can't remember who it was maybe it was augie smith who said like comedy he's like it's like the only small business that people their goal is to make thirty thousand dollars and then they just coast he's like no other small business would you not say we want to increase sales by 15 percent to every year and so when he said that and it kind of like clicked something and then my father-in-law was like decide how much money you want to make in a year divide that by 12 that's how much money you and so i remember like and like however many years ago was and I was like okay I want to make $60,000 this year and then I was like so I need to make $5,000 a month and then I actually started looking at a month and trying to book five grand and then it's like you know and so every year I've just been like I want to make this much more and this much more and this much more and but having a clear vision as to what you want the end of the year to look like because or else instead of just waiting for gig you know because I think also you know, I never like that feeling of you call somebody up and you're like, hey, I'm looking to fill in my February. And they're like, oh, we're booked up till, you know, February 15th. And then you're like, OK, but at some point your book, <laughs> like I get it. But yeah, so go to the next page. Just I don't under we're, we could both check something off of our lists right now to be done in 10 yeah, seconds. They're like, wow. You know what? I've got the penciled in for next week. Uh, so, you know, and it's and the, yeah. it's those mini rejections, too, that made <clears throat> like it's, you know, we're very fragile, I find, oh, as man. comics. So kind of getting used to like t- doing that and being more yeah. like this is what I want and and investing money back into myself. Yeah, and you're right. Treating it like a business, like you have to invest in things like websites and headshots and business cards and merchandise and all those things. And I think, too, the way I kind of justified it was it's either this or I go do a job that I don't like to make up the difference. And I'm like, well, why don't I just put more work into the thing that I love and be a little smarter about it? And then I don't have to go do the other thing that is stocking shelves at a warehouse somewhere, you know? And not to, to, you know, to... um, diminish anyone who does that kind of stuff but i was like that's not what i want to do right. so this the life choices i make 
will dictate what I'm going to do for a living. And, you know, and we're in pretty rarefied air. Like when you think about like, I, this is what we do for a living. Yeah. And, like there's not a lot of us really no. like, you know what I mean? So you kind of go, okay, well, I feel grateful for that, but it still means working hard yeah. and still having goals. And, and we are in a, a weird place because also our income potential is limitless. Right. Like we, if, so I've, been reading i read this book that i love uh jen sincero's book you are a badass and then her next book is you are a badass at making money oh, anyways nice. really love those books. things but she talks about that about you know your relationship with money and stuff now if you're a teacher uh you pretty much have a set income like you you know you could get some more credentials and get a bit more money but so then your your mind of how you're going to make this money is you're going to have to do investments or you know because you kind of are at a certain cap unless you do something else on the side but with comedy it's like okay we already have a thing that we're good at and we're already making money at it so now just make more money like raise your rates or do more shows right or you know diversify and sell an online but whatever the fuck you like you have yeah. unlimited kind of so it's kind of wasteful to not keep I know. and now that i've like broke like met financial goals i'm so frightened to like go i don't want to make less than i made no it's right so now i'm like i'm constantly like i hired a bookkeeper and every three months he does all my my taxes this year where oh this literally is now just a business podcast by erica <laughs> singerson <laughs> um my taxes were so easy because my bookkeeper had done everything all year. Printed off and sent And the course of a year cost me, I think, $1,000. So $250 every three months. Well worth yeah. the stress that was not in my life. I'm sure. For <laughs> receipts. And, and now I just put receipts in that I would have questioned before. And I write what it was. And I'm like, if it, if it meets if the criteria. You, if you think this belongs there, this new set of nails or like whatever i put it all in there there you go like you know how when people go to a comedy show and they're like i liked it but her nails were like gross oh it's so So, yeah i mean you're not gonna get work no if you don't have so many comment cards about my nails that i wrote really funny but i thought in terms of manicure i thought (laughs) she could upped her game a little bit uh i wouldn't come see her again uh the irony of that too is you're telling me is that like a thousand dollars but it's also you have the thousand dollars because you've built this little thing Mm -hmm. that now like i have this money set aside to pay someone to keep the books like but you know what i mean like it's just that bigger vision of like that's a job for someone to do well alan doyle was on the podcast uh last year and he said he learned that a long time ago in the music business he goes uh if he goes this is gonna sound really simple he said but like if you need a bus driver he goes what i like to do is hire a bus driver right if you need someone to do sound you hire a sound man yeah he goes but people are always trying to cut corners like especially when you're starting out because you know money's a little tight but when you start putting the money back in the business it's amazing how you tend to make more money because you're just you're more efficient things are done better it's you're you're less stressed you're freed up to do like creative side too like you have more time to write jokes because you're not like spending a thousand hours in receipts going flattening that's what i used to do like you're literally just trying to what the ink is off of this one is that what year is you know like that's stress and time you know yeah big time so I uh, I think about that, and I'm you know I still and I'm nowhere near perfect, but I think I've I've grown a little bit. Take me back, Erica Sigurdsson, to your first year in stand up. Was that what did that look like? Who were you uh, chumming around with? What was what was the scene? 
So I was in Vancouver. How long ago would this have been? This was in 2000. Okay. So there was like, so I remember, I remember like it was the urban well days. It, so there was all, there were so many rooms and I just. Sorry, one second, I'm going to cut you off okay. because I People, know what it is. But not every. If they're serious about comedy, they should know what you know. What screw is. you, people! If you don't know what it is, look it up. <laughs> it was the room that Brent Butt and Jamie Hutchinson um, started in Vancouver. They did two shows every Tuesday night, which is pretty amazing. Wow! And it was the place like Zach Galifianakis, Robin Williams, Kevin Neal, like everybody who was in town would stop by that room. So it had a real following, and you know, even like people filming things. And like I remember Ryan Reynolds came with um Lannis Morissette one night and like wow. Jason Priestley like it was always kind of like ooh who's gonna show up tonight yeah, the so, hot spot in Vancouver yeah and so you were really trying to get like I remember when I got asked to headline the early show but then the first time getting asked to headline the late show is a real kind of tap on your shoulder like you did it right of passage yeah. yeah so that was pretty cool um so like it's hard to remember like who I remember the headliners, you know, like the people that you looked up to. So there was like Dave and Damon, I think were like newly minted headliners and Daryl Lennox, Kevin Fox, JP, who then the only comic I've ever dated now, my husband. That's right. You yeah. can choose right the first time. I mean, you don't yeah. need to you date just anybody else. Do it once. Done deal. Yeah. I'm not sure if we're in love. We're just, I, I can't be wrong. So I've just stuck it out. Everybody <laughs> warned me not to go out with him. And I was just like, well, I'm not gonna take clearly I'm stubborn. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go the other way. So yeah. Thank you. It's forever. Uh, yeah. So well, we're in for life now. So we've <laughs> built a business empire. So yeah, <laughs> we're very happy. Very happy. We're very wealthy. Um, and then soon after that, Allison Smith and Jen Grant moved to town. And so they were like my comedy besties. Um, they lived in the apartment next door to Jay and I, and it was such oh, a this. fun time. Like we would make dinners together and Jay's best friend lived in the apartment below them. And then like his ex-girlfriend lived on the 10th floor. Like it was a real Melrose place vibe. <laughs> and you know, we were, and we were all like broke, but like out every night doing comedy. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Those it's funny. Cause you know, I, I had my own little crew that I started with here and, you know, I've talked about this before in the podcast, but, you know, people were like, oh, these are the best times of your life. You just don't know it yet. And I'm like, you need to shut your mouth. Like, yeah, I don't have any money. I have a day job I have to go to. I want to do comedy full time, but I don't I can't afford to do that. So I saw it as as nothing but struggle at the time. But yeah. now in looking back, I'm like, man, all we did was laugh. It was like we'd help each other with jokes and with bits and we'd write together. Yeah. Hang out. And everything was just, you were like a kid. It was like, yeah. you're just, everything was brand new and amazing every night. And like, your skin. Oh, so unbelievable. It's just, it's Sean. I, I, I think it's because you can still smoke in the club. I think. Oh that's what gosh. <laughs> Didn't that, that was fun. It's Remember the nicotine this place? Polish. Remember the Thursday show used to be the non-smoking show oh, here. Right. So that was that's so right. Yeah. So it was always an interesting show. This is the first this was the first stage I ever walked on to do stand up, you know, and so it's like there's a lot of men. It looks very different now than what it did back then. But um, I think I was funny because I was I was I was driving here. I was like, like seeing you last night. I was like, hey, you know, it's a big hug. And like we go way back. And and I think like I think when you're in comedy for a while, 
it's almost like when you see a friend you haven't seen in a while, it's almost like there's been an apocalypse and you've been living underground yeah. for a couple of years in a bunker. And you don't know if anyone else exists, but so you come up finally and look around and just see if anyone else is on the planet. And you're like, Erica, you're like, that's what a yeah. comedy career yeah, is yeah. like. Like, we survived. We yeah. made it through like, all the shit, you know? Oh, totally. And I felt like now one of my favorite things, because, you know, like I've met, you know, my best friends through, you know, like I still have a couple friends from civilians. my pre-civilians, yeah. civvies, but like, you know, my husband, my, and really good people. I've also met some of the worst people. <laughs> I also know some real shitbags. Quite a cross section. Yeah. <laughs> it really runs the gamut. But like now when you have moments, like when we were in Woody Point and we were all oh, sitting man. on that beautiful deck in the sun and we're not talking just about like jokes. Like what about the, we're like talking about life strategies and yeah. you know, like, well, what are we going to do in retirement? And like, yeah. you know, serious kind of things. And I, th- and I find it so uplifting to yeah. be like, Oh, everyone else is like wondering if they're going to die alone. <laughs> like, you <laughs> know, right. like, yeah, should we, yeah. should we, but I think we plan to buy a house out there if if we're all old and broke like yeah let's just do it she's talking about woody point newfoundland which is one of the most i think serene places on the planet not just because it's my home province but like that was a special weekend like it was like the weather was incredible the shows were incredible everyone's b&b with that couple it was their first we were their first guests yeah nice brand new beds in the world and um and you're right and i often i've had this moment a thousand times in my career of like I'm here because of all the ridiculous stuff I think in my mind yeah. that puts me in this situation right now with these people looking at this beautiful harbor with a cruise ship passing by while you fish off a dock drinking beautiful coffee. I'm like, because, and someone else is digging a ditch somewhere or, yeah. you know, going into a war zone into it. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But I think, so I feel, I think I feel more gratitude now than ever that I, I've been afforded this life. Not, you know, I mean, obviously there's a, a lot of sacrifice and hard work, you know, by the individual, but I'm like, man, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I have those moments often before I go out on stage or doing something cool. Like I was just up in Inuvik and did this great show and it's like past the Arctic circle. So wow. like it was bright, bright, bright at two o'clock. We could stumbled out of the bar and it was as bright as it was at 4 PM. Like wow. it was like going from like the bar right into the walk of shame. Like you're just like immediately like, Ugh, like you're drunk and it's so bright and you're like, you're day drunk feel... suddenly. Like... yeah, you're like, what's happening? <laughs> but like getting to be there and, and just because I'm going to tell some stories on stage and it's amazing. It's and like, yeah, that's another thing too, of like the places I've seen as a result of doing stand up. I mean, places You've that got I your wouldn't... red deers, your medicine hats, all the places that I want to check off. And so you, and all these small towns along the way that you you would never have found yourself in, and nope. people you would have met, and it is it is really surreal. But I think you need to keep that in mind because you can go down the dark roads too. You're like, oh, oh yeah, God, this is shit, and why this and why that. But you could have uh, been a doctor by now. <laughs> people like <laughs> exactly. how like I find when people say, "How long have you been doing this?" and I always kind of pause because. Like, it's not weird if a teacher says, oh, I've been teaching for 18 years right. since I was 24 years old. Yeah. But for, like, for some reasons, like, and that's the part that does bother me about this business because, like, every dinner is like, what's next for you? And it, I'm like, 
well, this is my job. And so I'm doing more gigs and some of them are cool and some of them are, yeah. you know, not as cool. But it, but nobody goes to a teacher like because they I think they think you're always trying to get famous. Right. Right. So and I'm like, I'm not. I know. Like, I'm not. Try- I'm happy doing is this. It, is it nice to, you know, have people say I listen to you on the debaters? Of course. I love that. Is yep. it nice if it sells more tickets? For sure. Do I want people to be like. Oh my God! No, I, yeah. I, as I was saying last night to the comics, we had a drink after. I was like, I am about making money. <laughs> that is what I want. <laughs> I want a summer home. Like I'm just like I'm so like it's about making money. Yeah, this is what I I, I see a life for me after this, and here's what I'm going to need to make that happen. I want a dog. Yeah, I want a house on a lake. Yeah, that's it. And this residual all, income coming in. Yeah, so. this is all part of the. What's next for you? That's what you should say. A house on a lake with a dog and yeah. uh, what was that a TV show? No, no, that's the uh, my that's retirement. That's what I plan on doing. <laughs> it is interesting, I think, too, like talking about fame. Like I, I, I've never ever been attracted to that idea of like walking into a coffee shop and everyone loses their shit. Like yeah. to me, I've been around super famous people before. And I'm like, nothing about that life appeals no. to me. And you're right. And on a business side, I go, oh, this is the trickle down of, you know, when you sell a lot of tickets in your household name. And I get that. It kind of goes part and parcel. I would take that part. But the outside life part where, oh, you can't yeah. go into a Starbucks to get a coffee or you get upon a stupid hat and glasses to walk into a winner's. Yeah. Like, and you that, always have to be on. You can't yeah. have a bad day or else, oh, I... You know who I saw today? I always thought he was a really good comic, Trent McClellan. He was a total asshole. Total and you're like, um, actually, I just got some really bad news, and my car yeah. got towed, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I'm sorry. I don't try to act like this, but sometimes you do. Life happens. And that's always when somebody... Oh, oh it's the worst. You're nicer on the debate. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you're nicer on the debaters. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know how nice she is on the debaters? Well, I saw her today at the winners, and just not jokey. <laughs> I didn't find that she had any topics at all that were kind of good. And uh, I, f- yeah, I feel that too. I feel like nothing about it to me is appealing to me. And I was watching this Justin Bieber documentary because I was like, I want to see what this guy's life is like. Is it the Never Say Never? I think so. And um, have you seen it? I watched it on a plane and I loved it. I did too. And I, I, was I had like a new appreciation. Yeah, I had a new appreciation for him. And I'm like, okay, you've been thrust into this life, but there's that one scene where they're leaving a venue and he's in the car and all the screaming girls are around the car and they're beating on the car yeah. and it's loud and there's crying. And I'm like, that looks fright scary yeah. as hell to me. Like, are we running over people? Did that person just get killed? Like, and I'm like, that's his life. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, who would want that? You know? So. Um, maybe it's just a Canadian comedian going like, I'm fine with not being famous. Yeah, yeah, no. Guys, but but I really me. do. It, there's nothing about it that I go, man, that would be, oh, that'd be the dream to be able to walk out at doors and everyone loses their mind. I'm yeah. Like, I think I'm media. I try to think of like who's like David Sedaris. So one of my favorite humor authors and I've seen him like multiple times do readings, love his books. To me, that's a night. That's like, he can probably go a lot of place because you don't, not everybody knows what their favorite author looks like. True. Right? And even if I saw him, I'd probably take a moment. To, is that? Yeah. David Sedaris? But I, you know, and I'm not a person that generally approaches people. You know, I'll just yeah. like Stalk stare at them. As, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. politely. You happen to go down that aisle as well at the store? You're like, 100%. I also need milk. Oh, my gosh. 
This men's deodorant is the one that I use. Excuse me. Do you like the sport fresh one? Yeah. But he has respect of his peers. He's, you know, probably doing fine, if not very well financially. But he still has some sort of anonymity. Yeah. That to me is like the sweet spot. Like, I love to be right there. Yeah, I think you're right. It's. I guess I do kind of want to. Like, I mean. That's me. Yeah, it's me, everybody. You should yell it out what you want. If you're wondering if it's me, it is. Yeah. I'll sign whatever you got. Have you ever had somebody? So Jay's parents had um, a business associate over for dinner one night, and they do these big family dinners. I love them to death. And so this guy is sitting across from me, and he's worked with, you know, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law for years. So I assume at some point someone's mentioned you know that i'm a comedian or something so he's like sorry he's like this might sound kind of weird and in my head i was like here we go here we go and then he goes you have kind of ghoulish eyes and (laughs) i was like what like sorry like <laughs> what did you say? And because we had been talking about how I was Icelandic, and there's like a slang for like there's like the tall blonde Icelandics, and then there's like the short, ghouly people. And I'm not short, and I'm tall and blonde. But for some reason, he he was like, yeah, like the Icelandic ghouly. And I, like he must have looked at my. He was like, I don't mean it as an insult. How do you tell a woman that you have just met that she has ghoulish eyes and she's not going to be insulted by that? Like, and only one other person heard this because everybody was in side conversations. And like, I was just like, what? Like, is there a camera? Is somebody like that? Oh my God. It was I so love funny. Like, that's, a, that's such a, a man's mind thing. Like to have the thought and go. I'm going to go over and share this with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a filter to go. Yeah, yeah. Wait a second. That's maybe something I should just keep internal. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> God, does she? Is she, she does. What She's got ghouly eyes. I'm going to let her know. And I'm actually, gonna... I have really nice eyes. So I don't even like, I was just like, okay. Yeah, you're like, I think one of my greatest features this is my guy eyes. Is uh, totally like, apparently, really, dude? Yeah. You're like, I'm going to get my jacket and get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting. I was at the the Just for Last festival, a uh, bit of a drop there, and mm. um, you know, doing shows, gals, whatnot. And uh, I got to see Amy Schumer had a pop up show. Okay. And uh, so it was at like a little a smaller theater, like a couple hundred seats, and uh, sold out in like minutes. And Rachel Feinstein opened. Nice. And it was my first time seeing her. Like she was incredible. Like so so funny. And then Amy came out and destroyed. And I don't know why, but it was like days later. I was like. Oh, there were two female comics on that show. Like, I didn't think about it at all. Yeah. But I guess in this era of like Me Too, and I often think about like when the CK stuff came out, I don't know why, but it really kind of opened my eyes to thinking about what it's like to be female and be a comedian. And I thought, I go, I'm, I think I'm a pretty good guy, and I think I respect people and I'm nice to people. But I also walk around, obviously, with a certain blind spot and bias just because yeah. I live in this body and I this is my life, yeah. you know? And uh, you and I have talked about that before, about blind spots in life and how that's that's why we don't see them because they're blind spots. Yeah. But that they're for aptly some, named. Yeah, they, they are aptly named. And I, I realized that was one of these moments where I went, wow, like I really started to think about what it's like for women 
in the world in general. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I wrote a post about it on Facebook about small things that men don't think about. Like, you want to go to the ladies' room and you lay your drink down and you put a coaster over your drink. Yeah. Because someone may put something in it. I'm like, I've never remotely had that thought in my right, life. Right, right, right. Uh, I, I, in the post too, I talked about this bartender, female bartender who goes, yeah, I, when, it, when it's closing time and there's just a male patron left, I have to think about how tall that guy is, how big he is, where the door is in mm-hmm. relation to where I am and he is. And I'm like, I've worked in bars. Yeah. I've never, ever thought about where the door is and how far yeah, and how yeah. long it takes. Like, anyway, I don't know what it was, but it was a real epiphany type moment for me where I was like. Oh man, I think I've been walking around with the blinders on for a yeah. while. So and we, more money in your pocket. You have 30% <laughs> more point. money. Good point. Just. And I, but then I patted myself on the back where I went, I just saw two female comedians hammer and I never even thought about the fact that they were female because I do kind of look at the world like that. So there's, there's always that balance of yeah. like going back and forth of like, no, I see them as equal in every way, but also understand their struggles are unique and there are different struggles than what right. I have, you know? So I feel like I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to have, have be aware, I guess. If that yeah. makes any sense. And you know, the thing it's funny because, and maybe it's just because of social media and there's, but I feel like right now a lot of shit that I hear is going down in different comedy scenes of inappropriate like I'm like was I just lucky to like that most of like I never had a weird uncomfortable situation on the road and like how how insane is it that like you're just a woman who would meet a guy here at the Blackfoot Inn rent a car with him and go off for six days. For six days. Yeah. Hey, you are now my new best friend. Yeah. You're either going to be my protector or you will be my attacker. Like, it's like, yeah. huh, how's this going to go? <laughs> Here we go. Flip the coin. And, like, you know, the most inappropriate kind of was a guy asking, you know, if I wanted to see him naked. And I said no. And he said, okay. Like, you know, it's like, fair enough. All right. Well, you want to stop here for gas? Yeah. We've got another <laughs> we six hours. that? <laughs> but I'm... I don't know. It's, it's yeah, it is crazy to sometimes now with corporates. I wonder if like, have you ever have a thought of like maybe this, anybody who wanted to murder me could just phone my agent and hire me for a corporate and then I would show up and they could murder me. That's yeah. That's a real good, I see a new docu-series. This yeah. is uh, <laughs> murdering, murdering the comic. Like so that, Murdered. that has randomly been yeah. in my, cause when I was a kid, my best friend and I, um, were threatened by this guy who lived in our townhouse complex because he would, like, he was in, he was a pedophile essentially. Right. And he would take this young girl swimming, and afterwards they would shower together. And this wasn't his kid. Wow. She was just a latchkey kid. Oh my and god. We told on, like, we were like, this isn't right. Like, he's a 27-year-old man taking a 10-year-old girl. Even, yeah. like, there's nothing. There's no if way If you that's... weren't, a, like, why would you be doing that? Yeah, you would there's... be like, there's no fucking way. No. So, anyways. So, one day, my parents are out of town. And her and I were walking. And he jumped out from behind, um, like, this kind of shed thing. And he said, I'm going to get even with you bitches. No And way. he's like, you ruined my life and da-da-da-da-da. And then like two weeks later, the woman I babysit for, she was like, oh, did so-and-so come to your house and talk to your parents? And I was like, no. She's like, well, because he asked my kids to show 
him where you lived. No and she goes, and you live really close to the bushes, so you should be careful, you know, R-A-P-E. And I'm 12, and I'm like, ah, like freaking out. So I told my dad that I hadn't, hadn't told my dad about this. And, like, that guy moved out the next day. Oh, yeah. Like, my dad <laughs> was, like, my best friend could see his door. And I was, like, my dad's going. And just she was, like, oh, there's a lot of arm waving. And, like, mm-hmm. the next day he drove away. He but, did. like, I still remember his license plate because in my head I've always been, like, I wonder. Keep an eye out. So if you're listening today, yeah, I've just, everybody knows you're going to murder me. So yeah, so if it happens. Please don't. Yeah. I'm going to give you his name after. Just say it right after. I know who it is. It'll be in an envelope in a and P.O. box. So If ICBC has license plate records <laughs> going back to whatever year I was 12 in, it's like a big book. Dust is yeah, all over all it. All right. Let's see. Yep. There it is. Okay. <laughs> we That's our filing system we have here. So Yeah. Yeah. It is, you know, because this has come up on the podcast a thousand times, too, is just that. Like, as a lifestyle, it is surreal. Like, everyone talks about the craft of comedy and writing jokes and tags and punchlines and building an act. It's like, but the other part they don't tell you about is getting in a car with a stranger for seven days and, you know, learning to make conversation and try and meet on some common ground about everything from food to music to where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Jeff, it's John, whatever. Like, you you know, all these things. Like, that's not for everybody. Like, that's just... No other job would you have to do that. Like, go pick up so-and-so you've never met before yeah. and now basically live with that person for seven days. Oh, yeah. by the way, also do really well on all your shows while you're dealing with all that <laughs> discomfort. <laughs> and also daytime. hope that they are going to split the gas money. You know, like, because oh, yeah. you'd be on the road with somebody that, like, you've just left the Blackfoot and we've just got paid. Like, whatever day we used to get paid, Tuesdays or yeah. something. Tuesday. Tuesday, we get our check because I remember there was a Lethbridge gig on Tuesday. Yeah. And if you were waiting for your check, you wanted it before you. Yeah. You were like, can I? And they're like, not before three. And you're like, I just, but the <laughs> traffic, it would really help. And big gas, I need to eat the food. So I remember, like, we just got our checks leaving, and it was like, Can you cover gas? I'm opening for you, like, (laughs) like all the advice about comedy, and like, Can I borrow my what? I'll get you back. Yeah, I get paid next week. No, you, I just saw you get paid. I just saw you them hand you an envelope, like, they handed me an envelope. Yeah. Yeah, like, and you, I remember that. I remember going, like, Okay, I have a couple hundred dollars for this, you know, couple of days or whatever. And like, I mean, to the penny where like, this is going to be what gas should be roughly. Yeah. And I'm going to have a, um, a burger for lunch. I won't eat breakfast. I'll sleep in. Nobody and needs, there's apples at the front desk. There's apples. What are you? Like, yeah. What are you? What are you, the what, queen? You what, don't need that hot what you, breakfast. What are you having a sit down breakfast? Look at the champ over here. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah. So then for someone to go, Oh, you're also going to cover all the gas on this trip. And, also, you may need to give me some money for drinking and gambling and other things. I'm like, I don't. And you're right. It was always when I was opening. It was like, because I guess they thought, well, you don't really know how it works yet. So I'll be able to take advantage of you a little. You'll yeah, just Because yeah. you'll look up to the headliner so much. You're like, sure, mister. Here, uh, take all my cash. And yeah. I'll just get a little from you. Is that okay? Yeah. You know? And again, you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to be labeled as difficult. And um, the other thing that always amazed me in comedy and I think it's part of this whole Me Too movement and especially what's happening in the stand-up world is, you know, when people would do horrible, terrible things, like on a personal level, it's almost like there were no ramifications. Like, you could show up to a gig totally trashed and not be able to do your time, and and I would be like, oh, man, that'll be it for that guy. That guy's working next week at another gig. Like, 
there, there just seemed like it was a lawlessness, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe someone got an email about you better do not do that again or whatever, but they still worked. Yeah. So there were no, I don't think people learned any lessons. It was kind of like, well, I got away with that. And you just moved on to the next level of whatever it was yeah, going to be. Like and that's actually really smart when you say like as an opener, you wouldn't complain. That's exactly like people like, why didn't women report it? Because... Because it's going to affect my life even more negatively yep. than the shitty thing has already happened. And and I know women who've been told that's part of the gig. Yeah. Oh, that's just Joe. Don't worry about him. He's harmless. Like, like you. But I'm just. He's not harmless. Did I just tell you what he did? Yeah. He. I. I don't. I don't like that's assault. Yeah. Mm, you know. We've all paid our dues. Isn't that the worst thing in the world? Because there was no handbook to go through. It's not a school, a proper school. And no. there are no, there's no human resources department to go to and go, I'd like to file a complaint against whoever. It all is internalized, and there's a lot of elephant-in-the-room type scenarios. Yeah. Everyone knows about so-and-so, but mm, we all just kind of yeah, deal with but it. but you want to work, and so you're – I love the story of Todd. Do you remember Todd Allen? Yes, I do, yeah. Vancouver comic, yeah. really funny, yeah. like – he was a good friend and like also like just principled in a way that like like I remember we moved him into a new apartment like we didn't move him in but we helped him move some shit into his apartment new apartment and he's like called the landlord and was like this apartment was there cats live it smells like cat piss and they're like yeah and he's like well I, these carpets need to be ripped out they're like we're not doing that he's like then I'm not moving in here and the guy goes, well, you'll lose your damage deposit. And he's like, fine. But it was like, you know, most people, yeah. I think also if you grew up with parents with money, you, I would have been like, I guess I live like this I now. I would have more morals too if I had. Uh, like. Yeah. <laughs> but so he was supposed to go on the road with someone who I won't name. And he called the club and said, oh, can I have his number? Because we have to leave out this highway and I'm right there right now. So if he'll just pick me up at this crossroads I'll w- outside the Seven Eleven, literally just slow the car down and I'll jump in. Yeah. And this guy was like, called Todd screaming into the phone, like you will get here. And, and Todd was like, I'm not going on the road with that maniac. No. And he calls the club and, or whoever was here at the time. He says, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going out for a week with that guy. Like, he's insane. And they're like, well, if you don't, you'll be banned. And he goes, well, no, because you're banned from Todd Allen. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Like, I just like, yeah. it's like, fuck, if only more of us in those times, like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I don't like how you're doing things. How about yeah. that? Yeah. But you're right. Like, you still felt like they had the carrot. And you're like, okay, I guess I got to. And you're right. Who would want to get in a car with that person for seven days? Yeah. If this They're is how we're screaming start. at you and now you're okay. So I will get, I'll get in a cab. I'll go all the way to the Blackfoot mm-hmm. and then we'll what? Just go have a happy week together. Yeah. Like this you'll is respect be... me as an equal the entire yeah. week. Is that what you're saying? Or, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're right. We tell ourselves these stories, I guess. And you just learn to be quiet and kind of just navigate it. And you want to be amicable and easy to get along with. But that's the first thing people ask. And, and to this day, people go, Oh, yeah, Erica, you're working with so-and-so this weekend. The first thing you're probably thinking is like, oh, what, what are they like? Not yeah. funny or not, just yeah. good person. Like, oh, you're going to love gonna love him. He's great, good dude, whatever. You're like, okay, awesome. Like, you relax automatically. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it, the scenarios I think back about, I go, like, these are not normal situations to find yourself no. in. And, and there's stories of female comics 
being asked to share rooms with male comics yeah. on the road. Like, well, that's it. There's only one room. And and then so if you're a female comic, you're like, well, I don't feel comfortable. I don't know this person. Now you fear, like, will I not get booked again? Will yeah, because I... you're high maintenance because you don't want yeah. to sleep in a room <laughs> yeah. with a stranger who probably physically overpowers you. Yes. You know, like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. You don't want to bunk up with uh, Here we go. this guy? Here we you go. You won't believe what a Oh, listen to this. The newbie. The newbie can't handle it. Yeah. You don't have what it takes, kid. Yeah. Uh, because I have morals and I fear for my life, that's correct. You can't have any yeah. of those to be I in this racket. I do have $70 to get myself the cheapest <laughs> hotel room in town, however. Have you, I'm sure you've done that. Like, I've, I've done shows where they go, yeah, this is your accommodations. And I go, oh, no. No, it's not. Yeah. And then I will... Either they're going to pay for it or I'm going to book myself into the hotel next door down yeah. the street and go, because I'm a human being. And I'm like, you wouldn't have your kids stay here. So why yeah. does Joe Blow Comic have to like, hey, you guys don't care? Huh? It's like, no, I do. I, yeah. I sleep in a clean bed every night. <laughs> Otherwise, I sleep in this shit. Like, Have you had people, um, like, especially if you're doing in a small, small town, like small town, they don't even have a hotel. Yes. So And they said, this happened last year. They're like... So we can either get you a hotel in Regina. This is all through the agent. A hotel in Regina. But you'd have to drive back after the show. Or so-and-so has a suite in their house and a separate entrance. And da, da. and I'm, But I'm still like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ride the icy highways back to Regina. Because yeah. I don't want to deal with being in someone's house that I don't know. And yeah. like... The next morning, the sweaty sleeper. You know, like I just, you don't need to know these things about me. You already know my ghouly eyes. Like yeah. we got a real troll in there. Right. So you wake up to, she's adorable. She yeah. is adorable. <laughs> Come get your breakfast. Yeah. Alyssa, what's your name again? <laughs> uh, it's so fun. I've done the bed and breakfast thing where the town was so small. They did not have accommodations and I had to stay in bed and breakfast. And I got up with the other guests sitting around the, the dining yeah. room table and everyone sharing the plans for the day. And then the lady who owned the bed and breakfast and I shit you not, Erica goes, they did mention that you were a man of color when, uh, when, when they did the booking. So, but uh, we don't have any problems with, with, with people like yourself. Uh, and then she pointed to the fridge <laughs> and on the fridge was no. a picture of a child in Africa that they sponsored. And this is, and they had, they gave me the update and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to finish the rest of these eggs. I, uh, I think I I'm going to get on the gonna... road. I'm going to, but it's a raging blizzard. You can't. No, I think it's time for yeah, me to. Yeah, this uh, is. Thank you for that. letting me know you're okay with my existence. Thank you. I mean, I was wondering, and the fact that you've confirmed that you're okay with my existence yeah. and being in your home. But um, can I also have forty-one dollars instead of giving it to your little kid this month? Because <laughs> I could really use that cash. I remember driving down this range road, like just like, okay, this is not normal life. This is not a thing that people go through normally. And these are the things that no one tells you as a comic. Yeah. You will find yourself in these scenarios. In this little tiny town <laughs> where every, I like one of these gigs, the town was 200 people. So it's like everyone. Like a village, really. Yeah, yeah. And like, so I'm driving, trying to, it wasn't hard to find, but I was like driving around and I like every house, the lights are out. Everyone is at this. They've had dinner first. So, but then I drive by one house with a kitchen light on and just one lady. And I was like, you're a riot. You know, like, I'm just like, <laughs> this is the only thing going on in this little no, town. I'm not bother. No. Yeah, I'm not going. Mm, what is it? Comedy. Yeah, they had all the kids downstairs. Like, it was like they had the church. It was like church hall kind of thing. Church 
kid, all the kids in the basement, parents upstairs. Like, <laughs> everybody can just walk home after unless they got to get to a farm. But I mean, that's you know, I've had kids crawl up to my feet during a gig, like a Christmas yeah. party scenario, and uh, literally a kid with a toy dump truck like ramming it off my feet, and everyone <laughs> laughing like, "Oh, he's going to build it into his act." Yeah, and I'm like, "You can that, use that." Yeah, that's mine. He's yeah, he's a real. He's a real go-getter. I'm gonna go get a. I'm gonna go for a smoke because you're because now I'm babysitting. Like yeah, now yeah. I'm up here now trying to do. Because yeah, if my... that kid just crawled away, like who was he last seen seen with? Well, he was a man of color. He's a man of color, and we just just say we have not seen the child since. So we got an APB. Out. Draw your own conclusions. You're like I'm still on stage. I will just say he's never gone missing before, and that man comes into town, and now I can't find my kid. Yeah. <laughs> But I've I've had a bunch of those scenarios, as I'm sure any comedian has over the course of a career. You just go, wow, this has got to go in a book someday. This yeah. is, uh... But don't you find, like, until you start actually talking, like, if just, like, someone will go, what's the weirdest? And, like, I'm always like, it's almost like there's so many weird things that not one, you know, stands yeah. out in my mind. Like, you're like. Yeah. But when you get a group of comics and then you're like, oh, now we're telling. Yeah. hotel horror stories or now we're telling travel horror stories and so yeah. like we really should go back to woody point we should for like a weekend with like dave and Dave and like just yeah just have drinks out. yeah i mean woody point's pretty far away and we all live on the west coast True, so but... maybe salt spring island yeah sure and like just, <laughs> and just do yeah. and like just write this tell the stories copyright I, I copyright copyright that's ideas you cannot use that no one uh no one trademark um I think you're right, though, but, but I value that, too, more than ever now because it is it is that bond that kind of ties you together with everybody else because you can tell a civilian person these stories, and they're like, oh, that's crazy, and I, and they, they're they sincere and genuine and want to hear the thing, but it's only if you've lived through something similar yeah, you they really don't know. It. Like, I can feel... <laughs> You know what you're feeling when they're telling yeah. you, you you're, oh you're in God. a bed and breakfast. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm I know. So the whole. glad you we brought this up because you put a photo on social media last year, and I don't know where I was. I might have been in Halifax. I was nowhere near where you were. It was a horrible setup for a corporate. The Fort McMurray gig, yes. right after the. F- and I sat there. I sh- I shit you not, Erica. Wherever I was, I might have been in a restaurant eating or something, and I was going through my phone, and that photo came up. And I remember my body instantly like getting tense yeah. because I I was in your skin in that moment. And I'm like, if I walked into that room and I saw that environment, I'm going, this is going to be the worst night of my yeah. life. And you're trying to find your mind is now going, how do I make this work? How can I make this better? Is this the amount of people that are going to be here? Are there more people coming? Like your mind is just yeah. firing. And it's so funny because that's exactly how I felt. And just from the photograph. Yeah. I, I was like, you're like, yeah, well, about to start this corporate and only a comedian would know what you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. And it was, but that is also in my head. I was like, we should just call this and I don't care about the money. I don't care about the money. Like, and I remember I called the agent and I said, this is what's happening. Like 250 people have walked out. There are 20. 21 people in a room set for 250 people there's no microphone like this is an absolute shit show yeah and she's like well just do your best and i'm like no 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 i'm just letting you know like that if this goes sideways like this is 
what I was this dealt. Is, this is, yeah, these are the cards. Yeah. And people were texting me after seeing that photo and they're like, are you okay? Yes. Do you? And I remember like I told the guy, I said, he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, are you, like, you still want me to do this? Like, and I said, I'm not standing on stage because that's ridiculous. I have no microphone. I'm like, I need a beer because I need to have something in my hand. My palms are sweating per- right now. <laughs> to pretend my pa- I have my palms mic- are sweating right now. Um, <laughs> and then this is the best. So luckily everyone kind of within the same area. And as the, he's just introducing me, the, the people who work for the complex that it was in, uh, the Suncor complex, were like loading things out. So literally he's introducing me and two men wheel. They were giving away fridges because a lot of people in Fort Mac lost their fridge in the right, fires. Yeah, right. So there, someone wheels a giant Frigidaire in front of my face as I'm about to tell my first joke. And I'm like, I'm just mentally taking snapshots of this. And I said, I will do 25 minutes. I'm not doing 45 minutes. That's ridiculous. And then I went directly uh, across from my hotel was an Earl's and I ordered the 1400 calorie dessert and a bottle of wine to myself. (laughs) And they're like, is someone joining you? Nope. Nope. Just me and my shame. Yeah. Uh. I'm about to take this down. (laughs) You might want to have 911 Uh. on speed. Well, it is Uh. on speed dial already, but like, I I was, Oh my God. It's the work. Cause I've done that too. After the gig and you go back to your hotel or motel and my mine is either that like go to a restaurant and like, I need to self-medicate here quickly yeah. to kind of get rid of this memory or nothing's open in a small town. So it's you and the vending machine oh. and what kind of change do I have? And I'll take the O Henry. And why and didn't I chips. get a bottle of wine at the airport? <laughs> exactly. Why didn't I? I'm like, an idiot. Yeah. But it's so interesting. Like for people who are listening, who are not in the comedy world, like the comedy environment the setup the room is such a fragile thing like yeah. certain things need to be there like you need to be heard you need to be seen you need the people to be close you can't have 25 people in a room that holds 300 it makes everyone feel like this is not the place to be yeah it's too cavernous it's not intimate so these all these things that a comedian walks into a room and assesses immediately like just almost subconsciously when they walk into an environment and i had another uh comedian colleague who's pretty new talk to me about a corporate opportunity he had coming up and he goes, yeah, it's going to be during a, like a buffet thing. And they want me to come up and kind of fill in time while they're serving. And I'm like, dude, I know you see this as a great opportunity. I say it's only a great opportunity if it goes well. Yeah. If it doesn't go well, you're just going to be viewed as, oh, that guy wasn't very funny. Yeah. They don't think about, oh, well, they were serving food at the time. Or there was no good. The yeah. sound was not good. Or we couldn't quite see him. They don't give a shit about any of that. Nope. They're just like, he wasn't funny. Or, man, she sucked. Yeah, like, I went, that's on you at the end yeah, of the yeah. day, right? I tell this to people all the time, especially if they've had a rough corporate set or things, you know, like in that situation um, when I was in Fort Mac or any weird situation, I'm like, you... Like, if, if I hired the fastest man in the world to come run 100 meters in front of a conference, and then I tipped over a bunch of chairs on the track, and I covered it with maple syrup, and then we made him run, he's not going to run very fast. And people are going to leave going like, man, that guy wasn't very fast. Because he was set up to fail, and he wasn't set up to do his best thing. So, and I, like, the comedy dance floor moat is, like, oh the worst, gosh. right? Oh like, gosh. people, and I've said this, I'm like... Dancing is the free part of the night. Yes. Half the people leave right after the comic. Numerous parties. Yep. Everybody, older people, they're going to listen to the comic, and then they're going to go. 
And when you leave that dance floor empty, I'm just talking to no one. Yeah. And then 12 people are going to dance. I'm like, pull the tables and move them off afterwards. The staff will do it. Yeah. The, the people sitting at the tables, you just tell them, yeah. hey, after the comic, we need you to pull your table back. It takes five minutes. Yeah. Like Moose Jaw was really good at that. Remember we did New Year's in Moose Jaw? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, like 2009 or something. Yeah, they did do that. Moose Jaw Medicine Hat. The place oh, no, with no, the water slide. Medicine yeah, hat. Medicine Hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Lodge, they're, yeah. They're great at that. Yeah, they get it. And certain people do, and you, you, you're you just like, oh, thank you so much for understanding what needs to happen. But if you don't know, Eric is referring to like that massive dance floor in front of the stage where it's just an abyss. And as a performer, you just don't feel connected to anyone there. They don't feel connected to you. They kind of tune out. I did a gig, in, I forget where it was, where they had both. They had two stages. So they had a stage at the back, which is where this comedy show was going to be. So all the chairs were up tight to the stage. Dance floor was so in the smart. back. I was like, oh, my God. Someone actually gave this some forethought and was like, yeah. nope, the comedian needs to have the crowd close. I've done a few of these before. I swear to God, I wanted to hug the person. Yeah. Because that small change was – It's. I mean, it's invaluable. Yeah. You know? That's brilliant. Uh, but it, it's, it's just a little bit of care. And the other thing about these events is – you know, there's a silent auction and there's uh, raffle tickets. It's like you're just one of there's a big dinner. You're just one of many things going on. Yeah. And so quite often the organizer is not thinking about the fragile environment that a comedian needs. They're going, mm-hmm, you're going to go on from this time to this time. OK. Yeah. And you know when I know I'm screwed when I walk into an event and the CEO is up there talking and no one's listening. Yeah. Because I go. If no one's listening to that guy and he's the one signing the paychecks, yeah. I don't got a shot. No. Like, I'm just, okay, guys, no one's facing you. They're looking at silent auction items and then tuning back in and then going back. Or the guys at the big round banquet tables who are on their phones the whole time and just give you the one over the shoulder, their backs are to you the yeah. whole time. That's the person you want to just take the mic stand and just, can I just, just for one time, just, just go out on a, one on a big story. Of in the head. Make, the, make the papers. Your last, <laughs> exactly. your last corporate show ever. Make, go out with a bang. Um, so, and an assault charge, but for sure. Well, you know, it's, you know, it, they come hand in hand. Yeah, it's and, a choice. Uh, it's a choice. But you do feel like it's you against the world in those scenarios. And again, no one gives a shit that, oh, there's a big dance floor in front of you. Like, whatever. She wasn't funny. That's yeah. all they care People about. People are like, you'll be fine. I'm like, but I'm telling you. Oh, I've done these. And let me be my best. Like, I'm bringing my best. So why why is this? Yes. I remember the one, the big, huge comedy, same thing, a baby crawled across. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, finishing that gig. And it was a huge snowstorm. And oh. I went back to the table. And the woman, I was like, I think I'm going to head back to the hotel and then she was like, oh, do you want the rest of this wine? She's nobody here will drink it because they had bought a bottle of wine when I got there. To get, and I, I was so thankful. Like, I was like, yes, I need to go back to the hotel. <laughs> Every restaurant had shut down because the snow was so bad. Yep. So I was starving. Same thing. I go, I eat an apple. I have this wine. And I was on the Monday preparing myself to get a call from the agent being like, hey, what happened? Like, that gig didn't go so great. Like, they – because – like the response was when people are so far away, you're not yep. getting the same response you usually get. And I get this email and they're like, Oh my gosh, they loved you. And I was like, <laughs> how bad was it before that? That like they, she was like, Oh, they couldn't stop talking about how perfect you were. And I was like, what? Like I leave just feeling like, well, this, you know what? This agency may never work me again. Cause yeah, well, but I knew know. it wasn't my, you know, like I'm like, I know these jokes are fun. Like this they joke work. is tried and tested. And if yes. it doesn't work, 
I don't want to be this person, but it's not me. Yeah, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, I know the jokes that, like, they might not hit, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh. that one, sometimes at a corporate, they're like, oh, that yeah. was. I tell uh, new comics, I go, you're going to go through an experience like that, and then you're going to do, like, a, an eight-hour drive by yourself back to Calgary or wherever you're from, Vancouver, and you're going to do a lot of thinking on that drive. Yeah. You're going to be like, I don't know, the comedy's for me. Yeah. I just love it sometimes. Like you just, there's going to be an internal discussion going on, and you may be a comic at the end of that drive, but yeah, yeah. you may take some time off. Like but, we've, I think we've all done that drive. Oh yeah, just self contemplation, and and you're like, what am I doing with my life? I've, I remember signing up for Athabasca University online one night after paid the hundred dollar register. I was like, that's it. Like you're done. I got, I got to do something else. I can't do this. Yeah, and then my, of course, like <laughs> my grand zero was a horrible night in. Uh, I think it was Grand Prairie once. I was still opening and, and oh. just, I mean, it was at the old venue at that old hotel they used to have. Gin? Yeah, where you couldn't take booze on stage or something because someone had got drunk and on stage. And, and we probably know who that person we was. We probably do. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, they were just hating not just my material, but they hated me, I think, as a person. And right. uh, <laughs> I could feel like. And nothing, you know what I mean? Just one of those moments where you're like, whoa, this has never happened to me before. And I remember finishing the set, grabbing a newspaper, the free newspapers at the front lobby, going upstairs with a pen and paper and looking at headlines and writing jokes. Because I was like, I have to get better. Like it was one of those ground right. zero moments of it's either quit or you better dig in here now because you just got punched in the mouth. Yeah, literally. yeah. Like, you know. That room... That that Grand Prairie room. No, did you say Grand Prairie? It was Grand Prairie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was the old room, not the casino room, but the one before oh, yes. that. The, and I did the last ever. No, me and God, I can't remember his name. He was opening. We drove up there, and it moved to a Yuck Yucks on that weekend. Oh, but okay. it was at Christmas, and we had corporates, and so we got a call saying. The gig is no longer our gig. We will pay you, but you don't have hotel rooms now because they wouldn't let us stay there. Oh, God. So we're in Grand Prairie in the height of oil boom work. They're, the hotel rooms are $300. Yeah. Like we're desperately. So we were like, okay, we'll get a hotel for tonight. And we're getting separate hotel rooms. We're, I'm like, yeah. and it was like, but it was like near that hotel, near that really loud yep. club. Yep. And I remember that night I pushed the dresser against the door because I was like, I don't trust that drunk yeah. people are going to not break this down and try to kill me. Crazy, right? And so, and in the morning, I remember the uh, maid tried to open the door <laughs> and like it opened like that much. And I sat straight up in bed because the beam of light and I was like, it's happening. Like I was like, oh my God, I am being murdered. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, so the whole next day, we had nowhere to hang out or stay because we had to check out of that hotel. We went to the mall, killing time. Yeah. We had two corporates. So we changed at the airport bathrooms wow. into our dress stuff and then drove from Grand Prairie back to Calgary at oh. like midnight. And oh, by wow. drove, he drove. I, I had rented the car, but I was so tired. I'm like such a cupid <laughs> doll. Like as soon as I'm tired, I'm like, that's, there's nothing that can be done. I'm like, yeah, it's over. He's, I'm like, we'll trade. I slept like the whole Switching way. Calgary. So really, he had the harder job because <laughs> I just. This slept. is his story to tell, really. Isn't I know. It, <laughs> and then I was with this headliner that. Uh, her car in her name. Anyway, we're driving. Hour six. I'm like, Eric, you, you wouldn't mind waking up here and just taking the last two hours. 
Oh, like, man. I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm so So sleepy. you want to be a comic, huh, kids? Well, <laughs> this has been a real uh, uplifting yeah. edition of... Uh, but it is, oh, and, and it's like, it sounds cliche, but it's like, you better love it and you better be in it for the right reasons because all yeah. that stuff's coming your way anyway if you're in it long enough. Yeah. And you'll have that moment of like, wow, that was a shot to the guts. And do I want to continue down this road? And I don't think they end. Like, it's it doesn't matter what level you're at. I think a version of that comes at, can come at any day of the oh, week. Oh, yeah. You know? I'm sure. So uh, so what's up for you for the rest of the summer? You, you So I'm recording my hit? album next week in Vancouver. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, it's my first like um, solo, I guess, because I've done the My Jokes Are Up Here with Jen Grant and Christina Walkinshaw and yep. um, Rebecca Kohler was on the first one. And so this is like my first all by myself, um, which is great. So I'm recording all five shows and then my plan is to edit together one awesome solo and then i'm gonna do a second with older jokes because oh, cool. it's for i want the the satellite yeah yeah from it right for Put sure it on for a sound exchange Might record it all like yeah, so yeah so i'm gonna there's gonna be some oldies <laughs> huh? i've been like going through my old like what hasn't been okay this one is yeah. it still relevant does it work still yeah that's a really good idea like you have the production crew like the the stuff in the house anyway, so why not get a couple recordings out of it? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so I've got like um, Kevy Mayhair is gonna <sighs> mix and master it. Cool. I don't even know what that means, but like oh, apparently you have amazing. to do it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm getting it recorded, and so I'll get all the raw footage. Yep. And then, uh, yeah. Where are so you gonna record it? At the mix. Oh, cool. Yep. That's a great room to do it too. That's a nice, yeah, great. Yeah, it's little a nice room, and, and five shows, kind of, you know. Yeah. You know you're going to get at least enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I don't, then I should probably quit. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like, we only have 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? I'm sure I did. <laughs> I did five shows. Though. Yeah, I know. That just your weird. mic was weird. I, um, I think it's too, it's, it's great that you hear that you're doing that because I think that is the way forward now for comedians too is like just generating your own opportunity and experience as opposed to sitting around waiting And to residual, are you kidding me? Like You can't not do it. That has made... <clears throat> Like a measurable difference in my life. Yeah. Like it's not like oh I got a couple hundred. Like I'm like. This changes my life. Like, yeah. This is. I live different. Amazing, <laughs> and I want to keep doing because it's also one of those things that I'm like, at any time. Like if they were like, we've made a mistake. Yeah. We shouldn't be paying these. I'd be like, fair enough. This fair. Was, okay. Yeah. It was a good what? run. Yeah. It was a good run. Thank hey, you. Thank I knew you. it was. I knew it wasn't legit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to end this on this last question. I've asked this to a bunch of people on the podcast. Uh, what is the biggest misconception people have about you? And then what is the reality? Mm, well, <laughs> probably the biggest misconception about me is that I'm really standoffish. And the reality <laughs> is I'm very shy. <laughs> and it, like all my best friends, like the con- it's usually they say, oh, I didn't think you liked me at first. And I'm like, but it's a very comedian thing to be kind of cautious. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm watching things happen. I'm like, I, I kind of need to, I'm like, I need to just make sure that you're a safe person <laughs> to yeah. talk to. But I'm much better now because I realize, like when newer comics, like I'm like, I don't know you and you don't know me, but because I am, you know, the headliner or established in the community, I should go out of my way. You know what I mean? Like that's, so I kind of 
have gotten over that part of it. Now I think I'm too friendly. <laughs> so now the misconception <laughs> is that I'm super because, like, you know, like I used to hate. I hated people that when they hugged hello. Right. And then I realized everyone did it. So now I think I do it too much. Like. They're like, this is my electrician. Oh, my gosh. Hi. <laughs> Big hug. Like, I'm like, what is, why? Is that appropriate? Yeah. <laughs> Who is that person? Why Still is trying she... to find your pocket? Yeah. That, why yeah. is she t- talking to me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is true. I think, too, that's a good way to add not to, but I think, like, it kind of touches on what we talked about earlier, I think, as well, where when you just stay in the business long enough and then you start to see the same face over and over again, that familiarity starts to build and then you feel safe with that person, but you meet so many people in the course of a year. So many. You're right. You, you can just, your default, uh, your default kind of, uh, mindset can be like, okay, just going to stay here in the weeds a little bit and kind of see how it goes as yeah. opposed to extending yourself and like, Hey, nice to meet you. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not, it's not easy cause it's, you know, it depends on your mood too. Well, this was awesome. Yeah, this was Thanks very so much. Fun. Have great shows this weekend. Thank you. And good luck with the, uh, special tape. I'm sure Thank it'll be you. great. Yeah. All right, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, probably when we put the mics down. Probably when we put the mics, we're going to put the mics down right now, everybody. That was a great chat with Erica. So good to catch up with her again uh, and talk to her in such a long time. It's such a weird thing with comics, you know? You, we're all off doing our own thing and our careers take us um, to every end of the globe, it seems, and you never can go years without you know seeing someone again so it was really good to catch up with her and, and the conversation was uh was great to have and i and i hope she's doing well right now and i hope she's going to be listening to this episode because it was a real good one um if you guys like this episode please feel free to share it and uh and tell your friends about it don't forget to give us a uh a review on itunes we really appreciate that and uh keeps uh keeps the podcast out there in the world and lets people know that it exists and uh, for all you folks who've been listening and giving me some great feedback and saying how the podcast helped you or how much you're enjoying it i really really appreciate that uh, it does mean the world to me so um thanks for reaching out and letting me know i do appreciate that anyway i hope you have a fantastic day and a fantastic week and uh, i'll catch you next week and next time on the generators take care bye